It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's talk about the running back position. Last year, it was a little bit of a struggle due to injuries, but this year, it's a completely different story now that you have two capable runners, plus maybe a third in that backfield with Anaya Smith, Isaiah Spiller, and freshman Devon Achain. Locked on Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. rockauto.com is an online auto parts service that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. They have amazing service, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you could ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be. Before we begin, as always, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. If you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. And also, follow us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. We are back to a five-day set, and we need content ideas from you. What you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. The only way we can do that is by hearing your opinion, at Mr. Cole Thompson. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content. So give us a follow at both of those on social media to keep up to date with everything we got going on here at Locked on Podcast. So let's talk about the 2019 Texas A&M running game. If you were to give it a grade last year, I feel like you'd have to go maybe incomplete because of outside of Isaiah Spiller, there really wasn't a running back that you could trust. You had Jay Sean Corbin in the mix, who was eventually supposed to be the starter And in week two against Clemson, he gets hurt with a hamstring injury out for the year. He's now gone back to Florida to now play under Mike Norvell in the Florida State Seminoles as the new feature back there, partially because of what Spiller did do as a freshman. During his year, the Klein Collins product finished with over 946 yards. He averaged, I believe if I'm not mistaken, about 5.4 yards per carry. He had over 1,100 total yards from this line of scrimmage on 203 plays, and he scored 10 touchdowns. This was a guy who was expected to be a situational back. Kind of what we saw, if you ever remember, in that running back by committee Alabama had in Derrick Henry's first year, which I think was 2014. They had TJ Yeldon as the lead back, Kenyon Drake as that change of pace runner, and then they had Derrick Henry, who was the star in the making, but they barely played him. And when he did play, he was electrifying. And that kind of was, at the very beginning, Spiller's role. Because they also had two other veterans on the team in Jacob Cabote and Cordarian Richardson. Both of them struggled immensely. They had a few games here and there where they were able to have some breakout moments. Cabote did really well at the start of the year where he went 45 yards, averaged 4.1 yards per carry against Lamar. He did something very similar. Nine carries, 38 yards, 4.2 yards per carry against uh, Arkansas. But that was really it. Outside of that, he only had 31 carries, 123 yards, one touchdown on the year. And Cordarian Richardson was very similar. The South Carolina game was a big one. He didn't play much, but he did make the most of an impact. Six carries, 130 yards, 21.7 yards per carry, one touchdown. He also had one catch for 17 yards that went for another touchdown. Outside of that, a lot of two, three, five carries per game. And he only suited up in, I believe it was six games where he saw contact. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six games. He wasn't that effective. Kellen Mond, the quarterback, 
actually finished second on the team in rushing. And keep in mind, this was the second team that Richardson was on. When he was a freshman, he played at UCF before transferring to A&M a year later. Uh, he only finished with 232 yards on the year. Both are now no longer part of the program. Richardson is not playing, and Cabote is now with FCS uh, Incarnate Word out in San Antonio. This was a big problem, and a lot of it dealt with the lack of a secondary runner in a and system. You had consistency with Spiller and nobody else. Again, two really standout games for the duo of Richardson and Cabote. That's it. I mean, that, that's really it. Maybe three if you want to throw in that Arkansas game for Cabote. But they each had one good game, and the rest of it was pretty much inconsistency the entire year. Well, now, entering 2020, you finally do have a productive two-system back style that likely will limit the carries for Spiller, but more importantly, show how productive he can be as a legitimate number one feature back instead of just a workhorse that he was during his freshman year. We actually got Spiller to finally speak to the media. Last year, he couldn't because he was a freshman. Last week, here were some of the thoughts he had about the actual running back position now that it's fully complete going into 2020 instead of 2019. Uh, we can be really good. Um, we we are really deep this year. Um, a lot of freshmen, uh, me and Anais. Um, so we're really good. We have a lot of speed. We have um, a lot of strength on this running back team, running back group, sorry. Um, but I feel like we really can be good if we just come to work every day and give it everything we got in practice. So. I think you have to love the confidence level that Spiller possesses going into this year. It's not just about him being the only feature back, which again, last year he really was until the Texas Bowl. Until Anaya Smith joined the backfield, it was a lot of him. And because of that, he had his bright moments. He had a lot of bright moments on the year. Uh, you've, everyone remembers the very first game against Texas State. It was one of those awakening games where you sit there and go, this is what we're going to work with. This is a kid who's going to make a ton of carries and make a big impact. He only had seven carries. But he had 106 yards on the day, 15.1 yards per carry. But then again, against lesser opponents, there were some struggles. Clemson, 24 yards. Auburn, nine yards. Arkansas, seven carries. He did have a touchdown, but it was a one-yard run. And because of he had two minus runs, he ended up actually finishing with zero yards on the day. Alabama, 27. Against Mississippi State, 90. Against Georgia, seven. But against Texas UTSA, he had 217. Against Lamar, 116. So there's potential there. And then against Oklahoma State, he had 77 yards, averaged 4.1 yards per carry. He had a touchdown in that game as well. More importantly, this is a young running back room. You look at the talent behind Nia Smith, who still is, I think, learning the position. And then you have freshmen like Devon Achain and DeAndre Jackson, who are true freshmen. And they may or may not see a lot of carries this upcoming season. And this really is your veteran leader. He actually addressed that as well, what it means to be a veteran, even though he is a sophomore, in a running back room, which will be detrimental to A&M's success in 2020. Um, my role has changed a lot from a year ago, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I feel like 
I have to really step up this year. Um, I have to be a leader um, because I have the most experience, like you said, and I really can help everybody around me to get better because I know what they're going to experience because I went through that before. So I feel like just me being a leader every day and stepping up to the team um, is really going to help our running back group. You got to understand where he's coming from. This is a guy who's playing as a freshman in the SEC at a position that you've seen a ton of talent come from. You look at recent stars in the NFL, such as Todd Gurley, such as Shoney Michelle, such as Derrick Henry, such as Nick Chubb. I mean, that's just a few of the multitude that have come out of the SEC, and he rushed for over 900 yards as a freshman. He knows exactly what defensive fronts are looking for against running sets. You have Smith and Achane who are going to be speedsters. There's no denying that. But they may not completely understand what they need to look at, especially when the offensive line is blocking, what they need to do when they're working downfield. So having a veteran like Spiller, even though he is a sophomore, I mean, it's not like this kid is you know 23 years old and getting ready for the NFL, but he is the most veteran leader. Having a guy in that backfield who can say, hey, listen, when you see Carson pull down, you need to either take the C-gap or completely rush the outside and trust your receivers that they're going to make a big block. That's the only way you're going to get a first down because the speedsters at the linebacker position are either going to crack and collapse on him or they're going to come and work to the outside. Or, hey, when Green moves outwards, take the B-gap right then and there. That's where the hole is going to be, 9 out of 10, because they're double blocking their top pass rusher. Those are things that only veterans who have seen exactly what it is in a backfield can really tell you. And without Shane and Smith, they don't know that just yet. So that's where I think Spiller comes from when he talks about being that veteran leader. You know what else is veteran? Your car parts. And sometimes those parts need to be taken into the shop. But maybe you do or do not want to pay that service fee to a mechanic or the extra price to get that part shipped to you when you can install it yourself. That's why I like to use rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto part service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have an amazing catalog with reliably low prices and a ton of selections. Keep in mind, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints had his tailgate stolen off the back of his car and in less than two weeks, ordered a new tailgate, had it shipped to his house, and installed it himself for a fraction of the price. Go to rockauto.com and start looking through their impressive catalog and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you love quality podcasts every single day surrounding your favorite sports team, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NHL, MLB, NFL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up for fantasy football season in just a few short weeks. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, Listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. Everyone knows that Isaiah Spiller is going to be the feature back in Texas A&M's backfield. There's no denying that. One, he's earned it because of what he did last year. But more importantly, he's the more impressive Burley back. When you look at the SEC and you're seeing 282-pound defensive ends 
that move at 4 4 5 4 5 1 you cannot have a 185 scat back be your future back it just it's not possible in today's game you have to be then running a 4 2 2 40 to be able to meet that goal but also i think again the production speaks for itself when it comes to spiller still you want that scat back you want that change of pace back you want someone who can do a little bit more and more to the game to i would say expand your offense and that's where Anaya Smith comes in. Smith last year started at wide receiver, and he actually did not do that bad. He was a really talented player as that fourth receiver option, really taking over for Cameron Buckley in that sense and surpassing guys like Caleb Chapman, who were supposed to be the breakout candidate. He only finished the year with, I think, 11 receptions, 22 receptions for 248 yards, but he averaged 11.3 yards per catch, and he scored three touchdowns. But it was after that game right before the Texas Bowl, where not a lot of people, I remember being in media days, and a lot of people were saying, we're trying different things at running back right now. We're trying, you know, uh, quarterback turned running back, Connor Blumlick. We're going to see what maybe he can do as Spiller's backup. And it was right before the game, we started hearing that Anias Smith was going to be the other runner. And honestly, it was a move that I really liked. You know, it, it wasn't a big time game for him by any sense of the word, and I don't really think a lot of people should have expected that because of the kid had just started practicing maybe a week in advance. But he did have seven carries for 54 yards, and he had two catches for 13 yards, showing that he could be that multi-talented, multi-tooled runner. And after the game, about a week later, Jimbo Fisher came out and said, we're keeping an eye on the backfield. We really liked what we saw from him. We really think that he's going to be impressive at the position. And we're going to continue to move forward with him as a running back role. This is where I look at the position, where I look at Jimbo Fisher, and I think it's a brilliant move. You pretty much are just using your top speed receiver, going to bulk him up a little bit, let him keep the speed, and take some carries away from Spiller to keep him fresh on a weekly basis for Smith to be that guy. More importantly, it allows you to have a check down guy in pass protection or in passing sets where you know you can trust and say hey okay he's going upfield we know that we're third and short third and three third and five let's just dump it off to smith let him use his speed let him use his agility let him use what his gifts are to pick up that first down and keep drives alive so again it's a really smart move because instead of just having Osmond maybe play some carries that was we saw Limbaugh and Junior at Kentucky do at quarterback, maybe just put him in the backfield. We'll run some Wildcats. He can just run the ball. We can take, take some pressure off of Spiller. They're just going to take the freshman and turn him into one of the better runners for the team. And Spiller, also a freshman last year, finally got spoke to the media. Here's what he said that he's been learning since taking over at the new position. Um, I say the biggest adjustment for me was basically learning how to be in the trenches every single play. And that really has motivated me basically to go ahead and encourage everybody on the field to go ahead and step the game up. Cause me being like 186, 187 coming in every day in practice and I'm going hard in the trenches every day. I got to make sure everybody is on the A game because I'm not going to come in and just let you hit me. So that was really the biggest adjustment, just me having to become that 
natural leader that I'm supposed to be. I believe the way Jimbo is using me is interesting. It's going to be a real fun year. I believe everybody is not necessarily going to be shocked, but they're going to be surprised of how well Jimbo is going to be able to use the offense this year. So I'm liking it. That's a word that when you throw around is certainly one I was not expecting. Interesting. His role is going to be interesting this year. And that's kind of a fun thing for, I think, Aggie fans and SEC fans to really wonder. Here was a guy who last year was explosive at the wide receiver position, now transitioning at about 185. So not a big dude. Not even remotely that big. Maybe he'll get up to 190, 192 by season's end. But not that big of a guy making an impact at a running back position that's going to be interesting. I like it. And what I really like about Jimbo Fisher is he's not afraid to go outside the box with that running back position. There's been guys who have been scat backs and found success. There are guys who have been burlier backs. There are guys who have been kind of smaller but pinball backs. They just bounce off targets in the trenches and then work upfield and get that extra yardage. What role is Smith going to play? He's not going to be the burly back, but is he going to be a pinball style runner to where literally his ability to make defenders miss initial contact at this line of scrimmage, are they going to eventually allow him to be that breakaway runner up the middle? Or is he going to be the guy who just pure speed and literally everyone's arm tackling him while he rushes into the end zone? I think that's really fair. But more importantly, I think it's really interesting is Smith was not afraid to speak confidently about him and Spiller going into the year. In fact, he actually said that when it comes to the SEC, don't be shocked if they're one of the best tandems in the conference, yet not even that. Let's just say one of the best in the nation. We're going to be the best duo that's in, that's in college football, period, because he has natural abilities that a lot of people are not able to do. As y'all saw last year, he rushed for nearly a 1,000 yards as a freshman, and he's just getting started. And for me, I was just getting started also. So, I mean, it's just we have a lot of tools in the backfield, not even in the backfield, but out wild. It's just we have a lot of assets on the team, and it's going to be an interesting year. He's not wrong. Spiller, as a freshman, rushed for almost a 1,000 yards, and he pretty much did that by himself. And Smith is an explosive guy who I think, if you pair with Atchain very well, could be a three-headed monster, one pure speed, one pinball style running, smaller, shiftier back, and one pure power. Anyone remember the 2007 New York Giants Earth, Wind, Fire uh, with Brandon Jacobs, Ward, and I always blank on the third guy's name. But if you have a running style like that, Kellen Mond could be an average quarterback. AM still could be 10 and 0. And I really like the confidence level for two guys who are young, still trying to figure out their roles in a roster, but aren't afraid of taking the next leaps to become better with the team. We're going to keep moving right along with our top 25 Aggies to watch for in 2020, how instrumental they will be. And if you could guess by what we're talking about today, you likely can guess who's coming in at number 24 this year. Don't go anywhere, we'll be breaking down his reasoning in just a quick moment. 
Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. It's time for another edition of Top 25 Aggies to watch for as we approach the top 25 days until Texas A&M takes on the likes of Vanderbilt inside of Kyle Field. That game will kick off on SEC Alternative Channel at 6.30 come September 26th. Yesterday, our number 25 player was quarterback Haynes King because of if anything happens to Kellen Mond, you want to see the future and what you have, and I think King is the definition of the future at the quarterback position. Number 24 on our list going into 2020 is Devon Here, Let's just go with this. I won't play the clip because of it's not as important, but Anaya Smith played at Dulles High, which was only about four miles away from Fort Ben Marshall. He spoke about Achain and what he meant. And both were track runners, and both were football players. No matter what, his name was circled every single time at a track meet. His name was circled every single time on a football field. And you know why? Because of his freaking speed. This was an all-state track runner. And when you look at his production throughout high school with the Buffaloes, he had 1,000 yards his freshman sophomore year, he had 1,300 his junior year, he had 2,200 his senior year, the year that Fort Ben Marshall went to the state championship. He had 18 touchdowns in his sophomore year. He had 30 touchdowns in his junior year. And he had 40 touchdowns in his senior year to give you a grand total of over 4,820 rushing yards off 407 carries. He averaged 11.9 rushing yards per attempt. And he had 88 rushing touchdowns to go along with 27 receiving touchdowns for a grand total of 115 total touchdowns in his high school career. This is what I talk about when I say you want that extra running back. This is pure speed at its finest. This is why I say Smith needs to be that pinball runner that just bounces off defenders in the middle of the trenches Because if you have your outside threat, that's just going to be, okay, quick dump pass. There you go. Run down the the sideline and score. You have your guy who's going to be, all right, swing route. There we go. Passing, pass catching, running back. Also, you have a guy who you can run on an option play. And right before Kellerman gets hit, he pitches outside. There we go. Up the sideline. Done. Achain is going to be effective. How effective in his freshman year? I don't know. But this is the guy who you look at a perfect complement to Spiller. I don't know what Smith's going to be. He's going to be effective as at least a pass catcher. But you have your power in Spiller. You need your speed, and Achain brings that. Devon is going to be... One of those names that I think a lot of people will continue to sleep on going into the year. But by the end of the season, he's going to be a household name and a name that's going to be circled on calendars consistently. That's how talented he is. And for him to pretty much almost not be even considered by D1 colleges. I mean, if I remember correctly of what Jimbo said during the press conference on National Signing Day... In November, he was hardly recognized 
there weren't a lot of people gunning for him in D1 level. But instead, one man's trash, another man's treasure. And in Fisher's offense, I think that's perfect. I think he's going to come in and make an immediate impact. But you look at the running back position, and you have Smith and you have Spiller, two veterans, two guys who understand what they're doing. Maybe they see a few more reps. So I can't put Achain higher than 24. What I can say, though, is in limited touches, he's going to be very effective for the Aggies' offense. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Tomorrow, we'll be back with a brand new show, and we'll be breaking down two names in our top 25 names to watch for going into the 2020 Texas A&M season. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, take it me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.